that cigar? Oh, how about that cigar? Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday, our favorite night of the week. Welcome to How About That Cigar Live, episode number 77. Insane. Episode number 77. Welcome to October. It is already October. I can't believe it. Uh, As always, guys, we are coming to you live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and we're going to tell you about the Drew Estate Bronxzilla. In 2019, Drew Estate celebrated an important milestone with the global introduction of the Acid 20th anniversary. And now the Acid 20 Bronxzilla, an Ecuadorian Mm. Connecticut shade offering that will be available exclusively through Alliance Cigar Company. Wrapped in a creamy, smooth Connecticut shade cover leaf over Indonesian binder and rich Nicaraguan filler, Bronxzilla is packed with bold flavor and aroma. Each 5x54 Robusto is blinged out in foil and packed in a 20-count box emblazoned with the Acid 20 logo. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com and AllianceCigars.com. So, Garrett, as always, mm-hmm. Minnesota Twins. Nailed it. They So, we love our team. We love our team. We love our team. Broke, broke last year's record. Broke last year's records, And so, yeah, we were already... We, Already possessed the record for the most consecutive playoff losses by any team in the history of professional sports. Not just baseball. Any, any team. professional sport. Yeah. So now we're up to 18. 18. Yeah. Lucky. Woo! Lucky. Yeah. So, and it was, it made it hurt even worse that it was the Astros. It, oh, my gosh. And I just, I, again, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of how I feel about the Astros, but you can tell from my tone of voice. That I feel a certain kind of way about it. But that's all I'm going to say about that. I think you're on the fence. So, uh, as for NFL football, um, my team, <laughs> beloved Green Bay Packers, mm. are 4-0. and <clears throat> But there's a, your team has a bright spot. Kind of. I mean, they won their first game. They won a game. Yeah. One and three. Yeah. Woohoo. Hey. Against this... against another 0 and three team. Against another 0 and three team. Like so. I am pretty sure the viewership for that game was like two 0 and three teams. <laughs> like, oh gosh. And it's funny too because the those are like you remember in years past when you know they'd have usually it was the Thursday night games that they'd put the worst yes. games on Thursday nights when right. it was you know back when it was like Tampa Bay Cleveland and, and, and Tampa Cleveland. Bay or yeah. something like that yeah. when when both those teams well Cleveland's they're doing all right they're doing okay this they year are. but they it's Cleveland so just yeah you know for for those of you who are Cleveland fans love you mm-hmm. but it's Cleveland right so uh, what are you gonna do. Um, so this week, um, you know, again, guys, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, ch- take just a minute, share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Thank you so much for watching. Yes. As always, participate with us. Tell us what you're smoking and drinking in the comments tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have questions for us when we bring our special guest on, uh, please post those questions in the comments. Uh, and, and any of those uh, that we're able to, we'll put up on screen. Um, so uh, let's go ahead. Without further ado, let's uh, get into our special guest segment. And as always, our special guest segment is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the 
the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. And ladies and gentlemen... If you would, without further ado, put your hands together for our special guest this evening from Devon Airhouse and Indian Motorcycle Cigars. Please welcome to the show, Phil Zangi. How's it going, Phil? Excellent. Good evening. It feels like I'm getting in the rain. <laughs> Brother, it's an honor to have you on the show, man. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. We had uh, you know some scheduling conflicts, uh, you know, a while back. We were going to have you on, but we're glad to finally have you on the show and talk to you about. You know, it's uh, you're one of those you're one of those guys in the cigar business, man. That that, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth later. But you know, you've you've you you're one of those positive attitude people that just um, you know when when uh, when things just are going kind of blah like they have been in 2020, maybe a little bit. You know, um, talking to a guy with an attitude like yours kind of gets us back on our feet and gets us ready to go again and face the world. So. Welcome to How About That Cigar Life. Hey, thank you guys so much. It's an honor. I'm always humble that anybody who wants to talk to me anymore, you know, after doing this so long. You know, you meet so many people, and it, it's just always fresh that um, it's just uh, humbling. And I just thank you guys for even thinking about me, putting me on here, you know. And it's just, uh, I just enjoy people. That's what yeah. my is, is. I just love people. I love everybody, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's positivity mixed with reality, mixed with the empathy. You know, there's all that stuff going on. And right now in this world, um, it's just tense. You know? Yeah. I see it in every avenue. Even I live in the Dominican Republic, and I've been here now for years. And I was, you know, off and on, but lived like six years in, in Honduras, in Nicaragua, but was down there for 10 years. You know, yeah. back and forth. So, um, just been through a lot of crazy stuff. But this day and age, what was enough? But what also I see is there's a lot more communication going on. And yeah, because I mean, I've been in people's homes via Zoom or this kind of medium, you know. And what I've never thought of, seen this guy's pop, you know. And um, I think it's all positive in that way because people are coming together. Because before everyone wanted to have their own space, right? Yeah. Leave me alone. Now everybody says, I want to be able to get together again. Oh, absolutely. So it's, almost, it's almost a positive coming out of a negative. So uh, so you're coming to us from your home in the DR. And uh, yes. tell us what uh, tell us what you have fired up, uh, what you're smoking and drinking along with us this evening. I'm not drinking anything right now. But um, okay. I'm smoking up. I'm smoking up. Debonair Havano Robusto. And I don't, and I just, these are the ones that they sort, you know, that I just, I mean, I just don't put the bands on there. It's my, it's my headset, you know what I mean? And then I was puffing on this other thing we were talking about earlier, the Echo Premium. I got that here. So, yeah, Garrett and I, Garrett and I are firing up this special project that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, I will tell you that just the first puff, the first two puffs, I, I like it a lot. I'll say that. Magusta. Much. It's a shade too. Ecuadorian shade. Mm. I left that thing sitting, man, for all that time we talked, and it's still lit. Yeah, still going. 
So, Phil, um, you know, one of the things we like to talk to our guests about and we like to give our viewers and listeners a chance to get to know you. Um, you know, you were really, um, from, from the times that you and I have talked and other interviews that I've seen um, with you on, on some other cigar shows, you really do you know, have one of those stories where when you were born, you were, you were already really surrounded by cigars and premium tobacco. So give us a little bit of an idea of, of, you know, your, your cigar origin story and kind of, you know, what it was like being born into premium tobacco and, and always having it around and, and how that led into when you started first in enjoying premium cigars for yourself uh, and, and what that was like for you. My grandfather, my father, all my uncles, I mean, there's a picture somewhere with me and my bassinet and my christening and all with Italians around smoking, you know. My father was a member of the World Humidor Society of Dunhill. My grandpa was. Um, my dad was a bookmaker, so he frequented every cigar shop you can think of. Um, it was just uh, this part of my faculty, my youth, my life Cigars have always been around, you know? It's like my daddy's going to say that, you know, a guy that has smoked cigars money to burn, you know? And it always equated to me a guy that's successful because he's done so well that he can actually sit down and smoke a giant cigar. And he doesn't care about time at that point. Yeah. Because he's got somebody else helping him or he's done it already or he's just got something involved in his life where he's got time. And that's the thing that none of us can buy. You can't save it. You can't put it in the bank. There's no stores that sell it. Time is the most expensive and valuable thing in the world. You know, and if somebody can actually take one of my products or anyone's product, cigar in general, but to take my product and use their precious time to enjoy something I made, that that flatters me beyond the recognition. You know? Yeah. Can you remember? the uh you know that first time for you because we all have that first time um whether we grew up around tobacco or not we all have that first time when we sat down and 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 cut and lit and 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 started to enjoy our first premium cigar uh and for some that that first cigar was a great experience and for others maybe not quite so much so what was that first uh premium cigar experience like for you it was i mean i probably was Third, 12, 13. And my dad had humidor all over the house. You know, they were just part of the furniture. And they were all beautiful stuff. You know, he, he, had, he did have style. Yeah. And uh, it was a Dunhill, maybe a Corona, nothing crazy. And I watched people smoke, and I haven't been around it, so I know you didn't inhale it and all that stuff. And I mean, did I enjoy it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, did I understand what I was really doing? As in, the pleasure I get from them now, the nuances and all that, absolutely not. But it, I like them, and I always did. I mean, I always, even when my high school years, I'd have cigars, and I smoke with my buddies. And my friends, we're like 18. People just like, you look like you're not, you know? But I always enjoy it because it just tastes good. Yeah. Well, and it's it's such a um, – there's something about the, the experience of a premium cigar um, – and really, any premium tobacco product, whether you're you're firing up a a, a pipe or a premium cigar, yeah. there's something about that experience. And especially now, with everything going on in the world, 2020, a very strange year, um, and just taking those moments 
to um to to really reflect on what's going on to focus on on your goals to um and especially now cherishing that time with friends and family you know sitting around the campfire with cigars sitting sitting around a glass of scotch with cigars whatever it is um those are um it seems like the last eight or nine months have have, have at least for me i'll say have have really made me focus focus in a little bit more um on you know kind of savoring those moments with the cigars um even even though during the day now i'm smoking more cigars than i ever was just because i have more time to do that true um, and more availability not working in an office building being able to work from home but um you know what do you what do you find yourself uh, on a regular basis what is what are those moments, you know, those cigar moments for you when, when you don't have to worry about a blend, you don't have to worry about a project, when you can just sit down and focus on the smoke of that one cigar right then? Watching movies, watching Netflix, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, what are you Netflixing? Uh, right man, I just finished that American Murderer. Did you watch that? Yes. So man, good. What, what, what the I got angry. I was like, I knew it. It's not a Sherlockonian, but I mean, I like big watch elementary like 20 times. Watched everything Sherlock ever made. Like the Nola, the Nola Holmes was good. Yeah. You know? Um, but for me, it's like, also a cigar, it's like a great movie because it's suspension of reality. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what you're basically touching on, Matt, is that what, when is when do I suspend reality for that moment that I can go inside myself and either be quiet or be inside my own thoughts, work through things. I mean, cigar is great for me. But yeah, for me, it's up here where I'm sitting now. It's like I have this big patio. I'll sit up here and chill. Yeah. Or really in watching movies. I mean, I watch a lot of stuff, man. That, that could be eight segments. I mean, I'm like a voracious reader and I'm a voracious author, you know? Love it. What are you, are you Netflixing anything right now? Um, I, so I, I'm, I'm way behind on a lot of stuff. I, I actually just finished, um, Game of Thrones. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, I, I, were you as disappointed as the rest I, of the world? I actually wasn't. I, 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 because I was so far behind cause it was, what was it a year ago or two years ago that, it, that, that the final episode yeah. aired and I saw this shit on Facebook, friends of mine and people all upset about how Game of Thrones ended. And I thought, wow, it must have really sucked. And so I watched through the whole series, and I didn't see the big deal. I, I thought I thought it was pretty good, actually. You know, I, I, as far as the true, the actual story arc, I think the message they were going for, I think they got it there. Yeah. So, and I I didn't read the books, so you know, if I I know people who read the books. Um, uh, tend to you know feel a certain kind of way about when when the scripts you know they have to make choices for TV and movies you, you know do. and it's not always going to be exactly the same as the books they have to make those choices sometimes so uh, but as an overall series um, I thought it had a lot of great points um, I, I thought there yeah. was some stuff in it that wasn't awesome but but overall I think it was a really good series that's one of those things where um, you know I, I'm I'm not I, I'm a peaceful guy I'm a lover. Not a fighter, <laughs> but when I talk about a movie or a series, and somebody says the book was better, I want to punch him in the throat. <laughs> like, fuck, dude, I read too. Like, I love books. Yeah, The Shining. 
all of Stephen King's books are better than the movies, you know? Um, I, I, you know, that's where I'm at too, but can we just talk about the movie and not with your little smart ass comment? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, your book is so much texture. It yeah. is the movie. Remember it's shot in your head. That's yeah. right. That That's the beauty of literature. I mean, I mean, I just go on and on about certain like genres, but to say that, you know, Robert Loveland's book in, in Basement Born, that was done in the 70s. Yeah. Right. The book. To say that the movie's not awesome, you're an asshole. I mean, no, they're, they're, <laughs> but, I mean, is it the book? Is it Ludlum's vision? Doubtful. Was it Clancy's vision in all the movies? You know, right. was it the Jack Reacher one with, with um, Tom Cruise? Dude, Jack Reacher in the Jack book is like a blonde, blonde guy. Blonde guy. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Small, yes. like small, like small, like out of his mind. It's like a bag of walnuts covered in skin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And that's, and that's not Tom Cruise. Right. Right, but so, I mean, what, what I'm really a dick about is Sherlock. Okay. I lose it because I'm really into it, and I love it. I mean, it's not just a character. It's the whole thing of the deduction and the, the genius of it. Yeah. Yep. Him being so flawed, but also being so amazing of a person, you know? And like latest and series, cocaine when he was bored. I mean, people don't really. It's just crazy. Yeah, and you're yeah. really like, what? You know, he's got like a curtain slipper jammed full of tobacco, and he's smoking. It's like, why would he use a slipper? And it's just so strange. But I mean, when they interpret things, like what upset me deeply was that with I love Will Ferrell anyway, you know. But when Will Ferrell did that with, with the, the guy there, with the thing that he did like Step Brothers, Step Brothers, I got mad. Yeah. I didn't watch twenty minutes of it. I'm gonna be angry. Yeah, I, I I actually haven't seen that that Sherlock Holmes parody, and I I'd have no desire to see I it. Either. I heard it was one of the worst movies ever made. That and it, it's shameful. Yeah, it, it's a guy like me, like, said, I was I only watched like twenty minutes, but I got physically mad. I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, did, I did an event with a girl called uh, uh, College for Cancer. And it was him and Kevin Spacey at Bighorn Country Club out in California years back. And uh, the nicest guy you ever met. He was his wife and the kid. He was like, but if I ever see him again, I'm like, dude, well, you know, he's <laughs> the anchor man. What the fuck? You mess it with, you know, starts going out the door. It was a stir. Right. You know, you know I mean? Like, and, it, and it's not like. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. So, I mean, I know it sounds really strange. Who, give, who gives a shit what Phil thinks about Sherlock Holmes, but I do. I like it. I, mean, yeah, I, take I totally it. get it. Yeah, and, and it would have been different if he would have approached it like Adam Sandler when he went into, um, what is that one? Um, love, what is it? Love Actually or Punch Drunk Love? Are you talking uh, Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler when he did that real movie, and he wasn't the freaking comedian. He yeah. wasn't. That uh, was Punch Drunk Punch Love. Drunk yeah. Love. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. When, when, yeah. When, when, when the the nine eleven one. Like his wife died? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was freaky. That was bad. And he was solid. Well, that was a... Mm-hmm. It, it, one of the... I mean, the reason... So, that was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. He's the same guy mm-hmm. that made There Will Be Blood and Boogie yeah. Nights. And right. As far as I'm concerned, he's he's one of the best in the business right mm-hmm. now when it comes to directing movies and telling stories. I, th- I, think, I think There Will Be Blood is maybe the best movie of the last 40 years. Dude, that movie's not for everyone. I mean, it's I had not, to take the Oh, control. that's for sure. Yeah, but as you far know. as... as uh, oh. Dr- dramatic movies, yeah. 
dramatic movies, I'll say uh, it's it's one of the one of the best of the last forty years, maybe the best for me. It's intense. No, it's intense, and it's, it's based on um William Randolph Hearst, right? No, it's based on um the Gettys, or one of the big oil people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was based on that. He was great. He was so bad. The end of the last season, Shane was in the bowling alley, and he yeah. just fill up a roughneck drunk and yep. killed the guy with the bowling pin. What did he say? That's it. Or, he said, that, I'm, "He said I'm finished. I'm finished." Yeah. <laughs> just hammered. Don Lee Honduras drunk. I've been there. You know, <laughs> just like cowboy drunk. You know. So, I'm finished. That's good. That's good. I, that's I, good. I love that line. So, all right, I, that's my fault for getting off on that. But, no, but I, we're going to do that, guys. That. We're going to do that tonight. We're going to just we're just going to talk. We're and having have a fun. Good time. We're having fun. So, yeah. thank so you. Going <laughs> going back to you know um, in into premium cigars and tobacco. So how you know what were some of the ways that you first started actually actually working in the business where where that was that was your job that was your task that was your career you know and did you did you have any career aspirations or or other careers you worked in prior to premium cigars or was it always about tobacco for you no i mean the catalyst was like in high school i found an indian motorcycle it's a long story but i met a guy that lived on my street to get an appointment and he had the trademark and i was doing retail trades in high school for extra credit. So I did a project where I was printing t-shirts and I asked him if I could use the trademark. And he said, cool. So I was making like a thousand bucks on the weekend selling t-shirts. And I convinced my father to get me motorcycles. So the guy gave me half the trademark for a dollar. Right. Cause he thought he's like, I don't know what you do with it. So long story short, we moved, I, moved, I graduated high school, moved to Springfield, Mass, to home of Indian. And during that period of that, I just wanted to make premium cigars because we had the Indian trademark and one night I'm laying in my bed looking in a mirror and I had an Indian tank bag logo, you know, the headdress? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was inverted, right? So it was two facing. So I came up with Indian tobacco company, Indian tobacco, right? And so I just called a place in Stanford, Connecticut, you know, Greenwich over there, called UST. Sounds legit. Right? U.S. tobacco. I mean, that's like you can't get more Americana than that. And I just hooked up with a guy named Randy Rock that we had at the time was the head of the whole division of premium cigars. And anyone who knows the real history of like U.S.T. and their premium division, this guy was the guy. I got blessed to meet and work with and learn under the tutelage of the master. He, him being one of them, Nestor Vicente being another one of them, mm. Omen Julio Roa, you know, Avelio, all these cats that during the 90s, once I got into it, and really, as you say, Doug, the fight Indian and Indian fell apart with my dad. He does all the money and went to prison over which is another insane story. But so I met this guy and I started making cigars and getting them away. I'm like, a leather jacket we were making. We're making a lot of parallel accessories. Using that money to build old bikes, then sell them because we rented the old street building in Springfield, Mass., which was the home of Indian. And I'd like put a wiring harness on it. Um, we'd uh, you know do some upgrades on the bike or 
you know, reassemble them there and then stamp it, you know, reassemble this original plant and stuff like that. It was really cool. It was like, it was ahead of the time. And but I felt there was a boom coming because I know that the land was going to be over. I mean, motorcycles were like crazy. All the leather jackets and all the needles and all the varsity stuff I was doing and all the hats and all the Americana from the, like, well, early Americana was really picking up. Like, people wanted to live the old days because they think the Y2K and everyone forgot about that. Everyone was going crazy. Yeah. Um, they, that's why campaigns sold out. There's no champagne. But everyone was trying to live in the 20s. So the cigars just were a natural progression. And so I started making them and giving them away. And by, like, the time I got out with my dad, I mean, I had lost everything. And I was ended up in North Carolina moving furniture. And I had a bunch of cigars made. So I just... Sold everything I had, sold my Corvette, my guns, everything I had that was worth value, and I pretty much moved on dirt and found another factory because UST was making my cigars at the time. But they dropped me, like they dropped Nestle Miranda from Miami Cigar, and they got Fordy Flores, which they ended up suing years later. I found out they wanted money. Me, I didn't have to put the rubber together. How am I going to get a lawyer? I just said, okay. So I just by chance, Raymond again sends me the RTK manual, right? And I saw hundreds of people back. So I called the place. It's an office in Miami. Long story short, it's a law office. I end up hooking up with the people. I fly down there, and then that's how it began. Within 72 hours of me being in Honduras, I'm in jail in the garage for being a contraband smuggler. It's crazy. It's Indiana Jones, Romance in the Stone, mixed with <laughs> Blow, mixed with all the weird <laughs> shit movies, you know, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, I'm like a young guy. I started when I was 18 in 1991. I graduated from 19. So I'm only 38 now. I've been in business for sure 30 years. It's just like surreal. Yeah. And the that people I met then, and their kids now are running it, and they're ballers. Or the other side of it, in the 80, 85% of the people I met then, I don't have no idea where they're at. Right. The boom exactly. was great, you know? Yeah. And me, I had Indian tobacco, and I met a guy named Roger Bell in 96. He became my partner. We grew Indian tobacco to the insane level. In 2001, I resigned. In 2002, RP was born. And the guy right behind me, the Drew State, Jonathan just sleeping on my couch in Honduras. He was in my wedding. Tattoo Pete Johnson used to work at the Grand Commander when I launched Indian. And that was my dad was out of prison. My dad used to buy cigars from me. They would, I, I get, I'm the guinea for a gun. That's what people say. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it without getting too long-winded. There's a picture of me. You might see, there's Benjamin Franklin. What's up? There's Bill. I got like a wig on. Like I'm driving this, the, the spike in the end of the Intercontinental Railroad. Right on! See, because I've always been very interested in other people more than myself. And I know I'm talking a lot, and I'm basically what this format's for is that, but I really love what you guys do. Anyone. I'm interested in the weirdest shit, but I've had to later in life use the actual Sherlock theory of that mind addict. You know, have you ever heard that theory? Where you won't have so much stick in the attic, right? Like, Sherlock Holmes is a genius at, like, botany. In, in, in chemistry, but you'd ask him about what football team was doing good. Yeah, he's like, why? Who? Right. Because mm -hmm. he says the space is so important in my head for stuff I need. 
I'm not going to put anything in my attic to clutter it. No yeah. clutter, right? And so later in life, I've, I'm still here. I go on like rabbit holes, shit on all kinds of weird. Lately, it's been college stick fighting. I can get into this weird, like knife making, and then this strange stuff. It's drama with my sons, with my training. And, but then it gets back to like, you know, I don't know if I need that in my space. So I kind of like, like get to a level of something that I, I'm familiar enough with it, but I enjoy it. And then I go to something else because I, I can refer back to it, you know? And of course, see, I'm getting off on a tangent. See, that's, I apologize. No, it's all good. And, and honestly, yeah. I, I can relate to that in a lot of ways, you know, whether it's, you know, because my number one, uh, obviously, my number one hobby, um, you know, passion outside of my family uh, and my faith is premium cigars. So, you know, just, just, you know, co collecting and reviewing and writing about and, and interviewing you guys and all the different people in the cigar business, you know, that's obviously number one, but same with you. There's, I, I find myself, um, having so many other interests, whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm right now gradually starting to learn a little bit about wine. I've also gone down the same rabbit hole as you with going uh going on youtube and learning about knife making and learning mm -hmm. about um all different kinds of metalworking and forging and 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 then uh it's just yeah it's but i i got into these guys restoring toys have you ever seen that seen what now restoring old toys oh, yes oh yeah 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 love Dude, those guys soothing calming shit yeah i watch yeah. it and i'm like that, that I want to see this. I'm not. I, I got to see this. And the talk is all watched And and it's like, and who is this, this guy? There's who this one this guy dedicated his life. I mean, I respect him. Honestly. Yeah. And there's this there's this one guy. He he more, he restores old tools. And yeah. his channel is from is from Sweden, I think, or mm -hmm. Switzerland. Mm -hmm. I think it's Sweden. And it's it, it channel. I'll give him a shout out. His channel's called My Mechanics. Yes. And he restores old tools. Thank and you, I mean, these tools, you yeah, look I, at them and you're like, there's no way that tool's ever going to work again. And he goes and he doesn't talk. All he does is it's my son. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> so all we do, all he does is is go through part by part, disassembling the old thing, uh, removing the rust, removing the scale, replacing any parts that need to be replaced and then putting it back together. And it's better than when it was brand new. And he doesn't say a word during the videos. There's right. no, he doesn't speak at all. And I just sit there watching these 20 or 30 minute long videos mesmerized by the mm -hmm. whole process. It, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's that, that really soothing. It is something about that. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. It's like watching people cook something. But when the guy fixes like an old axe, mm -hmm. then he makes the leather scale of stuff. I love that. It's like, yeah. I always do. I'm like that. I'm that weirdo who always comments, man. I love you, man. That's genuine. Yeah. You know, much respect yeah. to you. Or this guy. I believe I'm an art teacher. As much as I mean, I'm, I'm working with a dying art every yeah, day. Yeah, and that's that is true. Mm -hmm. Premium cigars being a dying art, and and but this. So this other this other guy, I sent Garrett this video last week. There's these young guys that have this metal shop in Montana. Mm -hmm. In the middle of nowhere in Montana. One guy's a Brit, we young one, kid. One guy's a British transplant. The other guy's a local. And they're both in their 20s. 
and they've got this gorgeous metalworking shop where they make custom Damascus knives, and they made they made a Damascus pizza, pizza cutter pizza cutter with, that that absolutely is. And I I hardly ever I'm actually the opposite. I hardly ever comment on YouTube videos. But I left a comment on that video, and I said that is one of the most stunning pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. It mm-hmm. is—it's a pizza cutter, for God's sake! Right, and it—it looks—it belongs in a museum. I mean, it is one of the most perfect pieces of art I've ever seen. Because how he just intricately put all of the the Damascus patterns, there, and then yeah. would say, "I'm going to fold it this way, so then right. we get this pattern yeah. on this section." I mean, it's. Yeah, it's you gotta that, man, and it's like it's it's lost because mm-hmm. everything's generated. Yeah, right. now, everything is has been touched, has been filtered, has been. But when you see somebody do something with their hand, you know, yep. you got to give respect to it. You know what I mean? But it's not. I'm, I'm not commenting on some stupid thing on Instagram. I mean, if somebody does something. Like I mean, there's one I'm not addicted to this because it's called Obscure Car Daily. Yes. Dude, I text that guy. Now I'm like his buddy. <laughs> I told him to watch tonight. I'm nice. like a fanatic for cars. I, I'm a weird I'm a weird guy like that. I like I grew up around it with my dad. Like my dad was a fanatic car. Like, any kind of car you can lead into weird conversations. And we won't even talk about cigars with both parents. You know? Yeah. But that's not why we're here. But I just talked to the text. He, he, this guy, you got to look at it. Obscure cars daily, right? Read through his, how he explains. These are cars you never, you like cars, read stuff. But then all of a sudden, he puts up some insane thing in his, in his text. Like, I just ate two pounds of mushrooms and I'm going to go, no, no, it's crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> And I said, bro, you know what? I really enjoy it. I connected it. And he's, he's like, JFK wasn't killed by, you know, Hill Ever Household. He was, he was killed by aliens. And, he, and, it, and then he switches back to, like, Enzo Ferrari did this and this and this. And, this. <laughs> <laughs> and he says these weird things while I'm, I'm smoking uh, uh, masculine. It's just the like weirdest thing you ever want to do. it, read them. If you know what I mean. You'll right. give me much respect again. And then we start to talk. And I, I said, hey, man, I'm in the cigar industry, you know? I mean, but I'm a car guy. And I started coming on crazy stuff. I know what that is. And, and I just began, he, he, he works in like a university in, in, in like Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a normal, cool guy, man. Interesting people, you know? All right. One more YouTube rabbit hole that I really enjoy. Yeah. Have you seen the guys in South America that carve like palaces into the, the ground? No, I've seen the Filipino guy that made like a house. So there's a Filipino guy, and he's awesome too. And then there's another crew of guys that are in uh, the the jungle of uh, Brazil, yeah. and um, they do the same thing. Uh, but there's a there's a team of them, and they make these elaborate like underground houses with pools and just digging out of th- this muddy ground. And the 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 perfection of the walls and the stairs and it's mind boggling. And they'll, they'll have about, like a. When you watch that. Think about how the guy goes. You know what, man? Let's not go out. Let's go into the jungle and dig out a fucking mansion. 
Now, that's what gets me. It's like, how did that guy come up with that? Right. Hey, buddy. Go, hey, man, let's just grab some boards. These guys don't have a great tools. I know they don't. Right. It's like, it's like a blank yes. and like, like a dowel. Like, yeah. you know? And all well, of a sudden, you're done, and you're like, I want to live there, man. Where is this guy? Well, they can't just really drive to Home Depot. They can't just drive to Home Depot. <laughs> No, dude, you got some out there, right now. Who knows what's going on? You're the Amazon. I know. And the guy in Thailand, he's done. I've seen it. He's done. Then he makes like a fire and he goes cook some food and he's just chilling, eating in his new house. Yes. He's like, yeah. like nothing. Like, I, like, you don't do this. Like, where you live? I just wanted a new spot. Am I going to live here? <laughs> maybe not. I was maybe going to eat some soup. Go back to my real house. He might. He might. <laughs> He might eat a lot of mushrooms, maybe. I think he's into the masculine everything. He's on his own. You have to be able to come to dig a hole like that, you know? Well, being in the rainforest, he could just pick up a frog and lick it and probably right. get the yeah. same effect. Yeah. You're high a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, so man. I want to check in real quick on this cigar and, and have you talk about you know this this project a little bit um, that we talked about before we we went on air, and uh -huh. I really so I'm really enjoying this cigar a lot. Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade wrapper, um, which is uh, it's it, I think it's a it's a wrapper that is thank God starting to see a little bit of a renaissance. Yep. You know it, there's uh -huh. there's uh, there's a it's it's regaining some of its popularity again um, because I think for a while power was king and nuance was lost. And uh, in the in the premium cigar world, and, and um, so having ha cigars with nuance to them, I think is uh, uh, is important. And so, give us tell us a little bit about the uh, the Echo Premium, and you know how it came about, and um, what uh, consumers can expect from it. Well, I, I always believe in good omens, and that was sent to you guys incorrectly, but I believe that it's correct. Now yeah, it, was, it was it was divine intervention. Because it forced me to have somebody to try it, besides people who bought it, kind of like a review, or kind of my peers, or whatever you want to consider each other, you know? Um, I was telling you earlier that you got your 250 to 356 Cuban sandwich, you fill, bundle, you know, ruin your palate for price point stuff, which I don't blame people for doing because you know what? It is what it is. And then you go you jump to the you know, to the was it six to eight, now it's eight to ten price point. There's no true echo premium, blue collar premium out there that is consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, you might get hit or miss, you might get something that somebody got a bit buy from a factory that they got rid of, right? And there's some other people out there who do that, and then they put it in a package and they call it some weird name and make you pay fifteen dollars for them, right? There's that. Or there's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to target a basically. It's not a. I won't say factor direct. What I was like, I'll explain to you what I explained to you guys earlier. I've lately did a lot of reorganization in my life, and it was even upgraded during the whole pandemic. I got to really dig deep into staying home and doing things. And my new partner is a very the tobacco grower here, right? So I can get materials that are super high quality, right? And in turn, take away boxes, bands, advertising, travel expenses, 
all these things that go into the cost of a premium cigar, right? And then instead of making it cheap, take that money and apply it to the manufacturing processes in the cigar itself. Hence, economical premium, echo premium, right? So basically what you're getting is all the cost of what it would have cost to make the cigar with the box band and everything else, now it's all focused on the cigar itself, right? Yeah. No frill. Blue collar options, right? And that's what I'm trying to do. And I, that's what I think that I would want as put myself in the consumer shoes if I was with a place where I didn't know or didn't know the brand I liked and I knew that was what that was, I'd be like, it's a go-to. It's the McDonald's man theory, you know? Yeah. Well, I like that term, blue-collar opulence, you know, because it, it's, uh, um, you know, even, even you know, those of us who, you know, regardless of, of what our financial situation is, there are times that we just don't, want to spend $12 on a premium cigar, but we want the same experience with, you know, and, and sometimes you, you, you pick and choose which things you're gonna, um, as a consumer, I'm saying you, we, we pick and choose what, what we're going to, um, go for in a particular cigar purchase, just take an individual cigar purchase. And we, you've got, You've got artwork, boxes, bands, presentation, which we talked about before the show. We love yeah. all that stuff, and it's, it's very important. But there are times that you would rather put that money of your purchase into just focusing on the tobacco and focusing on the, the smoke itself. Just stripped it down. Yeah. Right? Lighten the load. Like we were talking about earlier about making the car as fast as you can. Right? Look at it this way. This is a good way to look at it. Okay. You go to the best steakhouse, right? You buy that prime steak, cowboy, tomahawk, bone and ribeye, whatever the term they want. You know, there's 100 terms for the same steak, right? Mm-hmm. They throw on the grill, all that stuff. That's 250 bucks. You go to your local butcher, buy the same cut of meat, same steak, put salt and pepper on it, throw it in your grill, cost you yeah. 25 bucks, yeah. right? You cut out all of the, the guy has to pay the lights and the rent and the wait staff and all that, right? But what experience do you want? Sometimes you want that steakhouse experience. Exactly. You want to wear the wing tips and put the fly watch on and go out there and look and be seen. Yeah. But when you just want to eat a good piece of meat, you go by yourself, you throw it on your grill, you control it. It's The narrative is your narrative. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to make the Echo Premium, the cigar's the narrative. There's no airs to it. Yeah. If you want a banging stick that you can enjoy, that's truly medium, right? It, yeah. It's not too strong and it's not too light. Yeah. The blue collar optimist, man. The blue, it's the blue collar premium. It's an echo premium. And that's what that is. And that's what you're smoking there. Are these on the market yet? In Canada. Okay. And they're coming to the States to be in California soon. Okay. Nice. And I've been talking to a lot of people. It's going to be going into the, the Matt's wholesale. Not really cataloged yet, but eventually it will. But that, I'm just trying to get it to the more wholesalers. Yeah. That deal with 
smaller cigar shops that sometimes buy from like the Myron Dutch or, or the one gentleman there, you know, Tom Sullivan, you know what I mean? And, you know, those cats and like that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's, it kind of goes back to the, the little bit that we were talking about this, this, uh, this YouTube channel where the guys made the, this fancy Damascus pizza cutter. Pizza cutter. You think to yeah. yourself, it's just a pizza cutter, but the, the, mm. the, um, so you look at the, you look at that fancy Damascus pizza cutter. That was it's not a pizza cutter. Anymore. Well, yeah. yeah, right. It's, and it's perfectly polished in every way. And the presentation of it was absolutely gorgeous. So I look at that as, as that's your debonair house. Because it's not only is it meticulously crafted in e- even the smallest, tiniest little detail that you think, why on earth would you put so much thought into such a such a mundane little detail? It and it's because oh, it, it and it's it's because and some people sometimes they think you're you are weird. Why would you put so much time and thought and effort into such a mundane little detail? So and as far as you know looking at it from a cigar perspective you know with the with debonair house you've got the the absolutely gorgeous regal presentation and the 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 look of the bands and the and that's that's that style that's debonair and and then but then at the same time that same craftsman who put all that money and time and 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 all that presentation into that pizza cutter he could make just a plain kitchen knife, but w- with materials that are still of the highest quality. But he he pulls back the reins on the presentation a little bit, and he just right. focuses on the materials and the sharpness and the, the durability. Cutting. Absolutely, and it's the same kind it. of thing. It's the it same is. kind of thing. It's manufacturing process. It's yeah. the, the, like the debonair ideal. I mean, it's the, the you know pursuit of authenticity. It's, it's, yeah. you, 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 we've talked before. I mean, it's that's what my whole goal is. You know, I mean, I don't make cigars anymore. I make reasons for people to enjoy their lives. That's always been my thing. Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to pass on as much hard work and let me take the reins. So when you get it, it's effortless. Right. You know, and I mean it's pursuit, man. I'm trying to make the best cigar ever made by man. That's my pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, that burble hand! You got like a bow. Look at this. Yeah, so it's it's got it's got a burl handle. It's got yeah. uh, mastodon ivory. Mastodon ivory. Uh, the, yeah, the and it's uh, we'll, we'll, uh, like five grand, right? Well, yeah, he made it. He made it for a client. It was a it was a commission job from a client of his. That's and, insane. Yeah, it's so. It what doesn't is even do a channel again, Garrett. It is Alec Steele. S T E E L E. So Alex Steele is the name of that YouTube channel. Check it out. It's it's phenomenal. I will. Um, no, so, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you kind of dig it. And it's like some people just think I'm crazy, but then once they get to know me, they're like, oh, "This is how I am." You know, and I've been around long enough that first they think it's, I'm, I'm like you know the most interesting man in the world, but they think I'm full of shit. And then they're like, I, I belittle myself because I'm a recovering alcoholic and I've, I've made every mistake there is to make. That's why I'm an expert, I guess. And, and I'm just as dumb and as smart as the next guy. And I mean, I've now learned I can choose my problems, which ones to solve and not try to solve everybody else's. <clears throat> but it goes back to my 
true joy, like you were saying, what's your fun? It is the cigar thing, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the manipulation of these leaves. It's the, it's actually watching guys make it. I was doing the Echo Premium Project. Premium took all the fancy out of it. So this is a bare bones cigar mate. 101, masterclass. These old school cats. Yeah. Which I learned it. In these yeah. grimy, like, little factories. I mean, they're not polished, fancy, tour-worthy places. They're a working factory. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's like a machinist job. Or a blacksmith job. You know? Yeah. You know, you go to a true blacksmith, I mean, the guy's filthy. Right. <laughs> His nails, he's like, you know, you know you're like, right on, man. Yeah. He's sweaty. He's got that forge. He's hammering at it. You know? But when you're talking, he's like having a conversation with you. Yeah, man. Yeah, my kids are great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my wife makes cocktails. Like, it's beyond his. It's his muscle. It's his mind memory, muscle memory. Yeah, yep. It's second nature, right? right? That's right, right. And and that's what you know, we. Now they, everybody has so much critique. I'm not about criticizing people and all this weird stuff, but people just need to find the unknown niche, right? Yeah. And those are, like, you get these fake bullshit, positive things to people on the internet that they've done nothing and they want you to be like, a, you know, you've got to go to somebody that's failed and, and done these things, you know, and really, really been successful and then been unsuccessful many times. So it's where I'm, for me to believe them, I mean, Norman Vincent Peel, Napoleon Hill, you look at these guys, these are the guys, these are the 30s, during the Depression, they came back and wrote this book, lost everything, came back, and they're still relevant in this time period, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people, oh, find what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, no, you're going to work a day. You're going to work your ass off in this life. Oh, absolutely. Right? But you're not here long, you know? Yeah. You, 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 you're going to go around this bubble. It's only going to spin so many times. Like Eddie Van Halen died today. Yeah, that's... You know, and so in our era, I mean, you remember that. Hot for teacher and all that stuff. I mean, that's like quintessential yeah. stuff, you know? And he say, he always would say, you know what, man? It's, it's a short lap. Yeah. Run it good, you know? Well, and he was, he was one of those guys, too, that uh, he focused on his craft his whole life. <laughs> And, you know, the, the next level, you know, and, and, you know, with guitar, you talk about muscle memory, you mentioned muscle memory a few minutes ago. That's, I mean, he, he gets it, he gets it down. He had it down to the point where it was, where he didn't have to think about it anymore. So that, and that once he had the, the craft developed and the muscle memory down, then he could create and that's why any endeavor that you take on whether it's cigars or guitar or metalworking uh-huh. you get the fundamentals down you work your ass off to get the fundamentals down and you learn the you learn the science of it the chemistry of it, whatever it is right. Right. and then once that muscle memory is developed then yeah. you can just focus on the creativity piece of it and 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 just coming up with with new and interesting Knives, songs, cigars, whatever it is, and that's it's where not, the fun, yeah. that's where the sweet spot is. That's where the fun it's and just, the joy is, you know. It's that Buddhist book, Zen, you know, pure enlightenment. Yeah, I mean, you you'd be lucky to reach even close to that, any of us. Mm-hmm. 
you don't have 30 years to fit <laughs> and breathe. You know? And some of these guys are like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, the guy's been doing it for 30 years. He can control his breath, the low temperature in his fingertips and his toes. And yeah, 30 years, man. Yeah, Sitting yeah. in the You want to apply that to life? You know? Apply that to fatherhood. Oh. Apply that to being a husband. Apply that oh. to be, you know? It's beautiful confusion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a painful experience, man. Life is painful. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. And well, shit sucks sometimes. Yeah, you know? it does sometimes. Well, and in a right now society, so many people um, have a hard time of putting in that work ethic to get to that place. Yeah. There's a, a disgraced um, comedian who I won't mention, but he did tell a great story about being a drummer. And he, you know, said to his drum instructor, you know, I want to do, and, um, the instructor said, okay, here, do this, do, 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 no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I want to do, and we all want to do the, the amazing fill. We all just want to, you know, do that, but we don't want to put in the work to get to that place. We want, we want to do it right now. And if I can't do it right now, then I'm bored and I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, watch, watch The Social Dilemma. Have you seen that on Netflix? No. Uh, it'll fuck your brain up. Damn it. It'll blow your... You're talking the main cast from Twitter, Instagram. The guy was having modernization for Facebook. How it's... The AI is getting so good that we're targeted by machines and that they're frightened about how it's going, and that these people are now, you know, it's like, watch it. It, 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 it social dilemma. I'm like, all right, yeah, work that, done. Um, and I kind of, I kind of do that. I log out always, and I don't, I don't spend as much time. But when you watch it, it's just like, what? Yeah, it's social dilemma. So what? Um, you know, it, you've you've been doing this so long that you've like you and you already mentioned that you've seen a lot of people come and go, you know, people mm-hmm. who, people who, you know, had a, had a little bit of a bright light for a little while and then they just disappeared. And that happens in any industry. It, it happens in, 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 in any industry. But one of the things that, you know, Garrett was just mentioning is, you know, the, where somebody comes in to, um, you know, and they say, I want to accomplish this massively complex thing. And the mm-hmm. teacher says, if they're a good teacher, at least in my opinion, they say, okay, start with these basics here. You learn these basics, and then you come back for the next lesson, and I'll teach you the next set of basics. And then we, you incrementally work your way up. Fundamentals. And, and, the fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. fundamentals. And, and a lot, and this is not just recent. It's, it's been happening for, for years, but especially in the last, I'd say, maybe 10 or 12 years, um, the you know, the, the so-called, and I'm not a big fan of this term, but I'll use it just cause it's what people recognize the, the boutique cigar industry, you know, small brands, things like that. And mm-hmm. there are, there are a lot of brand owners who have come and gone in the last 10 or 12 years where they come out with a brand of cigars and the cigars are on the market for a little while. They, they get a little bit of heat on the market for a little while, which is great. And then they fade away. And, um, I think there sometimes you get guys who will, you know, go into uh, 
a cigar factory with with some money, with some cash in their pocket, and say, "Hey, I want to make a cigar," and they 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 go in with these grand aspirations where they want to they want to play the uh, you know the Phil Collins drum fill perfectly, yeah. you know, first time out of the gate, mm-hmm. and the, without learning the fundamentals first. Um, but then there are also a lot of um, people who have gone to start their brands and they have they have either said from the very beginning that they're going to learn those fundamentals and incrementally work their way up along the way until they develop some chops and and um, you know develop some of that muscle memory where they can you know really really kind of play some of those those hits on their own um, but then you get you know, sometimes companies come along where they they just want to put a label on it and put it out in the market and start making some money without really understanding the true fundamentals that go into that product. Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes into the question this 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 term that you've uh, used for a long time this this tobacco alchemy kind of kind of term where and that's that's really about really understanding the raw materials that go into those premium cigars and not just the raw materials once they're finished, but every right. step along the way of knowing where they're grown, how they're grown, how they're, how they're primed and cured and fermented and all, all the steps along the way. Um, so what is that kind of give us your synopsis of, of that term of that tobacco alchemy term when it comes to your philosophy behind the cigars that you put, put out to the market? I mean, if you don't, I mean, the term alchemy is vast, but it's it's the alchemization of like, one soul to me. It's where, I mean, you start from the seed itself, and then you get to the final product in the store. But all those steps are crucial. You can't, you know, you know, lack on your laurels or your whole thing in any step of it. And you can, mm-hmm. in the way that you find somebody that takes five or six of those steps that know those steps better than anyone that know those steps better than anyone. Right. And you can learn from them right? and you, yeah. if they want to teach you, if they want to teach you yeah. and then you find your specialty. I don't know everything, man. I don't roll every cigar I make. I mean, leave that's the roller Right. You know, that's the alchemy. That's yeah. it's putting all that into a beaker and shaking it up. You know, you know, what I do with the tobacco that nobody knows is I do my, my own alchemy, which I take, I take, after final fermentation, before bailing, I take the tobacco and I put it in micro bulbs, right? And then in a room, and I introduce steam that's derived by distilled water. I heat that micro bulb up to a certain temperature, right? And then I flip it. But to get it to that temperature, right, the room gets a certain temperature, and then I flush that room. And it gets it quicker before sweating. I learned from pipe. Right. So that's my alchemy, right? But it's trying to feel like the gold, right? That's the whole trick. And I mean, I've destroyed so much. That's what people don't understand. And, you know, getting back to the people that get in the industry and are gone or whatever. When they finally get the final bill, they're broke. Yeah. It's super expensive. I mean, you're yeah. sitting, sitting on stuff for a year. I make a new style. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to smell or not. You make a reboot on the floor, they're going to smell. If they're good. But I mean, Gordo's, Churchill, Belly Coastal, 
Yeah, no. They don't. They're, they're slow. They're the yeah. slow prices. Yeah. You might hit one area, but then the other area, they're still on the shelf truck and dust. You know? Yeah. But the well, whole album thing, I mean, in tobacco, it's not, it's my personal take on it won't be the take of Nick Malillo mm-hmm. or Steve Saka. Yeah. Right? Or Don Pepini. Or of these guys that we know, like, you know, you know household names, Fuente. But these pinnacle industry people go behind the curtain. Who's the wizard? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You never meet the wizard. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. And I like, I don't want to be the wizard. I want to be the guy who has to hold the curtain. Oh, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So I know where to go. And I've always been good at that because I'm, I'm real honest. I love people. I know that I mean, I like to talk, but I don't want to keep a secret. You know? <laughs> and I can actually do the whole thing. And I, 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 I learned from my dad who would be the Darth Vader of this movie, where I try to be the Luke Skywalker of the movie, you know? But it's still blood. Yeah. So I took that, him making money with people, not from people, and always be a gentleman first, which was, I was a prop of his play. Right? Because when people were running hustles and game on people, and they quizzed me, he had confused me so deeply of what his theory was. So when they asked me, they vetted me, they vetted my father to me, I would spit his shit. But I stuck with me. And I practiced it. Because I thought it was true. Until years later, I knew it was all I found out that was a scam. But I was brainwashed correctly. Yeah. 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 So, so, and that's what it's always done. I'm, I'm that idiot that moves these places and doesn't leave either. So they end up sitting in the supermarket <laughs> or at the movie theater or at the local restaurant. Yeah. And then I'm like, I become a fixture. And then they trust you. And yeah. then they see you not just some American asshole, ugly American doing weird stuff. You're like, this guy's down here. I mean, I, none of my children were born in America. Yeah. The first one was born in Honduras, and the other two were born in the DR. And they're American. My wife's Honduran from Dali, school teacher. And how Italian are, are you? Uh, my mom, I'm three quarters Italian, quarter Hungarian. Okay. Yeah, my dad, my mom, my dad's side, my grandfather was Sicilian, and my grandmother was from Palermo. Okay. And then my grandfather, my mom's side, my grandfather was from like, like Fumicino, down Rome. And then a little, they were like, yeah, my was from Naples, family. And then my grandpa, my mom, mom, she was from Budapest. Okay. I was born in Yankee. I mean, what? Yeah. So you, know you I mean? uh, I know you speak English and Spanish. Do you also speak Italian and Hungarian? I speak Italian. I spoke okay. it fluently for years, but I, I mean, I kind of like deleted it out of the attic with the Spanish. Mm-hmm. No, I don't speak no Hungarian at all. Okay. You know, paprikash, goulash, I mean, that's not the matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you I mean, make I your own pasta? I can, yeah, but I like dry pasta. I don't like dry pasta. I lived in Rome for three years, and I mean, the best pasta you'll read is the Checo or Marilla. You can't go wrong with that. I just don't like the eight, I don't like the yolk and cake fresh pasta. I never did. I'm not getting wrong, it's good. Yeah. But is it that's an identity? Mm-hmm. No, nah, man. There's nothing like a good pasta. Yeah. Something, yeah. something magical. 
That's alchemy. Yes, yes. Like a Matrishana with the punch, with the gonchale of the pink cheek and oh, they're not these guys, I mean you're talking a basic, simple tomatoes, onions, pepper, a little bit of pepperoncini and fat, but each step is so important. Yes. You fry up the guanciale, you take it out, you put the onions, let it cook down, then you have it, then you have the whole peel tomato, don't you eat the juice. And then Layers. the baby you don't chop the bit with a knife because it bruises it. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's just beautiful. I'm so interested in stuff like that. Yeah. For me it's uh Osabuco. Yeah, that's for Italian food. It, I mean I My mouth watered when you said that. Oh <laughs> I really did, honestly. Zupa Toscana for me. Oh Zupa Toscana, yeah, that's awesome. Pasta fagioli made right. Oh yeah. There's another thing. I don't know if you know it's called pasta cheese, right? It's garbanzo bean, right? How you make it? You take garbanzo bean, oatmeal, tomatoes, garlic, onions, right? You make your bait, then you put the tomatoes in the middle, right? You add garbanzo bean, right? You drain them, let it boil now. Then you add like, like not elbow macaroni, like the little like areca, no, like the little ear pasta, like a little tube. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. When it's boiled on, you add them into the actual sauce, right? Let that cook the pasta in the sauce. Eat that with some fresh grated uh, pecorino romano and a little bit of olive oil. Dude, you have no idea what I just explained to you. That shit. <laughs> First off, it, it, you will pass out cold after eating. <laughs> it, 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 it would suck all the blood from your entire body into your stomach. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, if you, if it's so it's that's like a worker peasant's like fill your gut food. Yeah. Yes, but it's so flavorful. If you overeat it, you can't help it. Right. I'll give you a huge bowl. You'll go, come on, dude. Why did you give that to me? You'll eat it and it's gone. You're like, I, I don't know why it happened here. <laughs> you know. And then you wake up three hours later and I'm on the couch. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh. That's one of the, yeah, you eat the you eat that bowl of food and you and you uh, take that last bite and you sit there and you go, I hate everything. Yes. And then and then yeah, an hour later I'm not gonna call it a mistake, but an hour later you're No, you're, you're like, you know what? I don't care. That's you know, that's yeah. all it's like, you know, I just fuck it. I don't <laughs> care. I just did this. I'm owning it. Yep. I'm gonna pay the problem later. You know, but see, I, I mean, I, I'm, freakish, I'm freakishly about like training. Like I've gotten addicted. Like, once I got sober, I, I, I read a lot. I kind of got to show something better. I'm going to do it. So they always say like, it's like a habit forming in 21 days. So if you're getting sober and you work out, your, your endorphins and the dopamine that's in your body will help you stay sober. Dude, I've been working out consistently for like 15 years. Oh. I got addicted to it. Yeah. And during this, everyone gave me, dude, I dropped like 17 pounds. Wow. Just working out with my son. We made like a father and son YouTube channel. Just bored. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, it's fun. Get the bag. Say- up here at the dinner or whatever. See, it's just like, yes, I probably can take things to the extreme. But, I mean, I just I feel good about it, you know? I just like it. I mean, I, I, I push myself. I'm like, work. Yeah. I mean, you know what? 
I don't care what anyone else thinks about me. I care what I think. Of. There right. you go. Yeah. You know, I want to be better myself. I want to be a better man tomorrow than I was today. I want to be a better husband, a better father. When I go at night, whatever we else when I pray, when I say my thank you, my grace, whatever you call to thank you for one more day in this bubble, let me be better tomorrow. Just get, you know, give me the desire to have the desire to do the next thing I don't want to do. Yeah. Because that's what makes you go farther in life. It's that desire to have the desire. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yeah, that's the, the old Loyola guy. You know, that's and the whole that, that dude. They can say he was like a, like a warrior and like a philanderer. And he said one day he broke his leg and it didn't feel good when they reset it. It's a great story. You know, I mean, I can get into weird shit, but it's like these are like fifteen hundred people doing stuff. Became a saint. Yeah, because he wanted to become a saint. Garrett's microphone's falling apart. Sorry. Why you not? guys live close to each other? What's that? You guys live close to each other? Yo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've been friends for six years. Yeah. Yeah. Same town, right? Pretty close. I'm like 20 miles south. Right, whose house are you in tonight? It's my Where's house. The it's your yeah, place. Matt's. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, so Garrett, Garrett and I got hooked up on a... We, we actually met online on a cigar discussion board yeah. and found out we lived close to each other. And he said, he said we've got this... Uh, um, we've got this thing called merch we meet every wednesday night and we it's called man church and we get together and we talk about <laughs> jesus and we smoke cigars Beautiful. so so i i said dude that's right up my alley i'm in when where is it and when and i've been going ever since and we've been friends ever since that's awesome yeah. so one, there's another Netflix thing it's called the um what the heck is it again I was thinking, and I'll send you with the edge. Christian, yeah, but it's like, it's just, it's just, these guys that are DC, that have been around forever, that like run it all. I'm going to send you, it's kind of frightening too. You're like, what? <laughs> it's, it's Jesus or nothing. It's like their thing is, yeah, it's interesting. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it. Yeah. You watch it. So, who, you mentioned a little bit, you know, about some, um, you know, some notable people, you know, in your life throughout yeah. the, the, your time in the cigar industry, but who are some of the mentors that really stand out that, that, um, helped, helped you along the way and helped teach you what to do. And, and even maybe some who taught you what not to do. Nestor Lasencia. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. No, I mean, I tend to him. I really, I was in that factory for years with him and he opened the doors to me. He didn't, he told me, I'm not going to show you anything, but you can go find out basically. So I was one of the only clients that wasn't a partner that had like an office in this place and during all the Indian back years. Um, that old man Raymond guy, freaking genius. See, Nestor told me the tobacco business. He didn't really teach me nothing about tobacco. Yeah. There's a business inside this whole thing. That's it's another level. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of those are two of the key ones, but then there's been a lot, there's a lot bunch of different, you know, Julio Roa is a smart guy. Oh yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people that I, I, I learned what not to do for them, which I won't mention because they know names, they've only done it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned what not to do from way more people than I've learned what to do. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's one of the, I mean, we, we close every show with it, but our 
sort of motto is burn cigars, not bridges. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, and really the thing behind that was it popped into my head because, you know, I was having a, a disagreement with a, with a friend, but we were having that disagreement over cigars Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it Uh was about, you know, philosophical disagreement about life and, you know, all that. And, but we, we had a productive, civil, discord, uh, yet respectful Mm -hmm. discussion over cigars. And it's, there's something about the, the cigars that, that when, when you're burning that cigar, it takes away the desire to burn a bridge. Yeah, and it's it's you can pause without being uncomfortable. Sorry. Yeah, because I mean, if you really want to, in the middle of something a little hot, you do. Yeah, and exactly. or let me let me light the cigar. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect talent for conversation. Yeah, you know, that's why my, I, I know the same corny thing. I don't make cigars. I make reasons that people enjoy their life. <laughs> yeah, you know? and it's. And that's really what I mean, because it's that the the chiefest form of therapy. Yeah, it is. It's Forty-five minutes, you know. It's time weird. spent smoking a debonair can in one's life, right? So, so Garrett's got his pocket knife yeah. out with. He's taking that. That's Ooh, maybe maybe three quarters of an inch he's got left on that, and he's. What do you think? It's pretty so good, right? Good. It's taste. It's this nice, right? It's or, great. Dude, that's all Dominican tobacco except the wrapper. Now, people say Dominican tobacco is acid and bitter. No, man. I'm not getting any acid or any bitterness and all the way to the nub. It like, is typically, you get to the nub and you start to get, you know, a lot of sour, a lot of bitter, mm-hmm. a lot of, you guys. Echo when, these, when these come to the States, we'll, uh, we'll let you know. Um, they're going to yeah. be everywhere. That's the thing. It's not going to be some exclusively strength. No, I'll tell you where to get them. They're made for everybody. They're made for everyday smoke. So I'll never, uh, I'll never forgive myself if I don't ask you to um, just give a rundown of of uh, of the debonair house blends and the, okay. the Indian motorcycle as well. Okay, debonair. I use Ecuadorian jade on the daybreak on the Maduro. I use an uh, Connecticut River Valley Maduro. And then on the Havana, I use a Nicaragua Havana and give you another authentic. All the blends are the same. I'm a poor blender, right? I, do, I learned that from the guy Pedro Martini, right? So basically, I, Hana, uh, I use an APA, Hana Havana Guantanamo, the Ligero from the Dominican. I use a Viso from Jalapa for the Viso, and then I use a Texas from the Dominican. That's Devonic. And then I use the blender, it's the San Vicente blender grown here. So it's a hybrid. Right? Okay, Indian, I use a shade, right, from Ecuador. I use a Havano from Ecuador, and then I use a broad from Connecticut. Same binder, but I, then I use the HVA Ligero, you know, Piloto Cubano Mejorado, Seiko. Right. That's grown on the farm, in my yeah. part. So you've got a true 50-50, Seiko and Ligero, right? Right. So you get a true meaning. Yeah. So Debonair, I think, I mean, Debonair is the, my best thing I ever made, right? Then you get the, the higher grade, even even the, the 33rd, the highest degree of that one, the, the A, 
Dude, that's been like, it was like Cesaro the, the, the century. Kind of. yeah. like, I've been voted like crazy things, you know? And just flattery. Because it's just, even the, the, the filler league was sorted. You know, I mean, it's super selective. That's why it's expensive, you know? Yeah. Indian, it's just an all-around solid steak. Yeah. It's just made them for everybody. That's almost anywhere. I mean, I don't, I make them singles. I make them in five packs. I, you know, I make them in the box of course. And I mean, I'll throw them in gas stations anywhere, man. Because where do you throw up your motorcycle? Right. Yeah. Indian is that it's the most famous brand or logo in the cigar industry. That's not a cigar. I mean, right. there's nothing that that's Indian motorcycle. I mean, that's above and beyond me. That's what I thought. It's 1901. That's Americana fine, you know. Well, and it's known throughout the world. And I, I assume I assume all the products are are available also uh, outside of the U.S.? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. we sell Germany, Belgium, um, Holland, India, Singapore, um, Latin America all over. Here in the DR, we're starting to sell. Yeah. Canada, um, of course, the U.S., Puerto Rico, um in other places in Europe. Yeah. Uh, Poland. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Germany's yeah. my big Well, and and the you mentioned on the uh, on the debonair the um, the habano is mm-hmm. it's a Nicaraguan habano. Yeah. Which is and and it's and my my knowledge is still developing but you know the Habano is not all created equal and it's not all you know the it, there there is something so unique in, in my experience about a habano grown in, in Nicaragua versus yeah. in Jalapa versus grown in Ecuador most of the a, a lot of the habano on the market that you see as wrapper leaf is grown in Ecuador yeah um, no. but there's something really unique about the 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 stuff Did that's grown in Jalapa See, for me, my cigar is a Robusto Havano Debonair. Yeah. Best cigar. That's been, that's like my number one seller or whatever, but it's gotten the lowest ratings by Cigar for Yeah. Right. And then another thing, you've got insane rating. Like, for my total's got high rating. But across the board, you're going to get some. You'll see. There's not, it's nothing compares to it. It's pinnacle shit. For me. <laughs> But maybe some us, because that's crap, so I don't know. I mean, my opinion is like, opinions are like noses, everyone's got one, you know? Well, and you answered my next question, which is your, your go-to cigar, and that's the Habano mm-hmm. Robusto. As I'm smoking right now. Yeah, because yeah, it's just that, the Habano or Toro, but most of the, the Robusto. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Beefy, prime rib, fatty, yeah. you know, no aftertaste. That Habano has that sweat funk to it, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's just deep and savory, you yeah. know. Whereas the Maduro is sweet, raisiny, right? Exactly, and they're drastically different. Yeah, it's the same blend. And then the Daybreak, it's creamy. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I we get I get that Ecuador and uh, Connecticut that's eight two years, so it's not that high yellow, so it's kind of golden. Yeah, you know. So uh, let's move into this week's. Smokabulary word. And as always, Smokabulary is brought to you by AJ Fernandez. 
Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So, guys, this week's smokabulary word is cellophane. So, no, no real mystery here. Cellophane... <laughs> We've all we see these around pretty much every cigar sold uh, in the in the U.S. these days. There are a few brands that don't use cellophane, um, uh, but it's it's simply uh, it's a way to keep the cigars protected during shipping when they're in the boxes when they're being handled, and so that when they're in the humidor at your brick and mortar cigar shops and somebody picks one up and decides to put it back in the box, you don't have their grubby. Fingers all over uh, the cigar you're going to smoke. So, right. cellophane. It's a uh, and and there's the the age old argument or not argument but debate mm-hmm. whether you should store your cigars in your humidor with cellophane on or off. It it in my experience it just doesn't really matter. Uh, if you want to take the cellophane off your cigars, go ahead. If you don't, if you want to leave it on, go ahead. Um, if if you want to cut off both ends. Sure. I've seen people do that. Yeah. Uh, I tend to leave my cigars as they come to my house. So when I buy them at the brick and mortar shop, if I bring them home and they've got cellophane on them, I just leave it there. It, it's, it's really up to you. Uh, I, I ship a lot of cigars to people, and it protects them when they're in the mail, too. It, anything that's going to protect those cigars, I say uh, leave it on. Um, yeah. So, Phil, do you do you have a stance one way or another on? No, the, I mean, the when you're aging them in the aging room, they're not in cellophane. That's right, all I got. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in the aging I, room, they're I not. I tend to don't put them in cellophane. Yeah. I travel with them in cellophane, right? I I, yeah. I I put them in cellophane when I ship them because for handling reasons. But I mean, in a great city box, it'd be better to keep them out of cellophane, but they get damaged. So it's the chance you take. Yeah, but aging wise or, or storage, I just don't. I don't put them in the I put them in the aging door. Yeah, like the way they're on aging. That's how they are on the cutaway, like probably in the in the trays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and there there are a few cases that I have a few older cigars, uh, mm-hmm. some Dominican, some Honduran, some Nicaraguan, that just for experimentation purposes for myself, just because I'm a big tobacco nerd and I want to learn everything I can, I'll take two or three of them out of the cellophane and age them right alongside two or three that are still in the cellophane. I probably mm-hmm. won't notice a difference, but I might. So, and three, five... Yeah, there's, there's two types of cellophane. There's petroleum-based and right. there's wood-pulp-based. Right. Right. So, but they both breathe. They both transfer in a 24-hour period of time twice. Air goes in, goes out. Because they're both porous. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the argument, too. What's better for the cigar? The wood pulp based cellophane or the petroleum based cellophane? What's right. more natural? What's more? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Cellulose to, you know, propylene. And, and, yeah. Yeah. If you want to get rid of that, you can get really. <laughs> so, uh, guys, that is this week's uh, smokeabulary word brought to you by 
AJ Fernandez. And now it is time for Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> All right, guys. Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Blackwork Studio, Dissonant, and Emilio. Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit OvejaNegraCigars.com to learn more. All right, Phil, as we explained uh, in the pre-show, I give a number. And this week's number is 200 a year people die from this in North America. All right. 200 people. And as always, viewers, leave your guesses in the comments. And no cheating. No Google foo. And I will say, to kick us off, this is North America. North America. 200 people a year die from this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big thing because there's only 200 people. Yeah, that's not a lot. Um, you emphasized the word north. I sure did. And I think there's a clue there. Um, so I'm thinking... So, John, uh, interesting fact. Carbon monoxide was actually... One of the very first Numero de los Muertos I did. And uh, that is not this week's answer. Josh, bison attacks is also <laughs> not the answer. Not the answer, but a great, great guess. Show. I love it. That's I love that guess. And I'll say it's the closest so far. Ooh. Okay. Um, well, I see... 200 people died by hitting a, a deer? You are getting close. Moose attack? I'm going to give it to you. So it's moose. Nice. So most of it is accidents caused mm -hmm. by hitting a moose. And there's like a handful of people a year that do get trampled by moose. <laughs> most of it is Alaska. Yeah. Um, some of it not. is uh, Maine yeah. and uh, the rare person up in, uh, you know, the border between the U.S. and Canada. But uh, most of it is Alaska. Moose is this. Uh, so that's so. So just people out and, and a moose just. Yeah. So in, uh, you know, on the highways in Alaska, if you're coming around a bend 60 miles an hour and there's a moose especially if you're in a small vehicle. Oh, you're done for. It actually takes the entire top of the car off. And uh, a lot of people do die from... They're like 2,000, 2,500 pound animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the big bulls are massive. Yeah. You, you just don't... If you've never been by a moose or seen a moose in person, you know, it, it's they are an incredible... So animal. I was close. I got close. I've seen one in the wild up in northern Minnesota before. And Same. a friend of mine and his family moved to Anchorage, Alaska for a year. Um, about, 
it was probably about 10 years ago and they 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 lived there for a year and they regularly sent videos and pictures of moose in their front yard just in they just and they just wander around the neighborhoods yep they're they're as common as squirrels are around here and actually uh john it's a holy bull usually these are you know the big the big bulls you know but i mean i'll take cow yeah the cow that's the female it's the female so yeah yeah. (laughs) so that is uh that and that was a great guess yeah so phil knocked it out of the park he did it's rare it's rare that our special guest gets the uh gets the the right answer before one of the viewers so well done. Think of these things, but there's way too many people got to these We did these things. Uh, uh, it was one of the earlier yeah, episodes. It was. So yeah, that is this week's numero de los muertos. I like the background music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So Phil, some lightning round questions, not cigar related. If you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person. For ten minutes, who would it be and why? Jeff Bezos. Find out he got all that money. That's two weeks in that's, a row. Yeah, the, yeah, our guest last week was said the same thing, and that's a great answer because you gotta you gotta want to get inside the head of somebody who turned a, a tiny little website into the most profitable. Thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Phil, if you were about to get into a fight. What soundtrack music would come on? John Wick. <laughs> I love it. I love like you are on. Yeah, there's no. You just boom, boom with the answers. I yes. love it. All right, choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a hockey goal as the goalie. Or you could score a soccer goal as the goalie. Soccer goal as the goalie. Yeah, very popular answer. Coast to coast. Way way rarer than any of them. Yeah, yeah, the most rare. It is. By far. All right, so this week's uh, Notable Smokable. Um, and again, for those of you who are... Um, you know all the not, questions? What's that? Get all the questions? Yeah, that's, that's all the lightning yeah, round, that's man. A, that's all for the lightning round. That you, was a lightning you, round. You killed it. I love those things. <laughs> so, um, again, we talk about a cigar that we've enjoyed over the past week uh, that was interesting to us. Could be new to the market, old to the market. Um, just something that caught our interest. Uh, for me, this is a cigar that was on our top ten list last year. Uh, and it's the Balmoral Dueto Ovacion, which is mm. the uh, sort of short figurato um, <laughs> Uh, perfecto, and uh, it's just a beautiful cigar. It's, so there's, good. There's a reason it made our top ten list last year. It's that collaboration between uh, uh, Balmoral and uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo. So beautiful cigar, one I enjoy as often as I can. Um, and so that was my notable of the week. I had a. Um, I don't know if you've heard. There's a company out of the Dominican. Um, a Fuente something, and <laughs> I think they, I, I think I've heard of them. They have a, a cigar called the Opus X Destino Siglo. Oh yeah, I think I may have heard of that brand before. Yeah, um, it was a little boutique brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah super super small batch, 
Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to grab. It was a uh, limit one. And that's and a that's a budget cigar too, isn't it? Is. it? I think that's yeah. yeah, low price point. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos budget. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It is a special cigar, though. It's, I yeah, they are. So, Phil, do you get a chance to uh, go outside of your brand much? I go. I smoke everything and anything. How about this last week? Does does anything stick out that you uh, you had and you went wow? Um, from our factory that I work with, the Devil's Ray. Yeah, anybody. Yeah. Anything, yeah, man. The one that I smoked, I smoked. Uh, they make one brand called Don Julio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I smoked one of their like corners. Yeah, it was insane. Nice. It was impressive. Yeah, it was like really impressive. It was really impressive. And then I, 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 I've smoked through every pro cigar. Like I've gone to them all these years. I have all those boxes, and like I got short for a minute during the, the pandemic. Yeah, I just puffed tough on all the stuff. Um, I actually smoked. Uh, well, it was. God, wasn't it up or something? It surprised me. Okay. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know? I wasn't expecting that from one of the bigger outfits, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and the last week we got down holy. Okay. John said the Superfly, That's which I, super I, I, I agree with that, that uh, Oscar, Oscar Valladares. Yes. Um that's uh that's a good cigar. I really like that one a lot. Not only do you get like the the disco music when you pull it out, <laughs> but it is a great cigar. Yeah, it is. Very good. He's a great guy. Yeah, I like that guy a lot. He's a good guy. He actually is in the factory I when I left you at and went to. That's Hunter Stephen Tobacco's. Oh, which yeah, ended yeah. up when that all went apart, Oliva was there and now he got it. Yeah. And he's doing a great job. Yeah. So, um, for our viewers and listeners, uh, we'll give you guys an idea of what we have coming up. We have uh, this. This is the first of many great shows in October. We're so excited to have a full October roster. Uh, next week on the thirteenth, we're going to talk to Pete Johnson from Tatuaje. Um, he has he was on the show uh, pretty much the same week last year in October. Yeah. Uh, so he's got the uh, the new monster release that he's going to talk about. Uh, then the week after that, on the 20th, we're going to talk to Spencer Drake from La Familia Robina. Uh, then the last week, uh, the last Tuesday in October, uh, we're going to talk to Christopher Moore from Carolina Blue Cigars. Uh, we've gotten to know him a little bit over the last few months mm-hmm. uh, and uh, enjoying the chance to have him on the show. And we have more stuff coming up in November, so stay tuned. Stay, uh, stay focused on uh, the YouTube channel and the Facebook channel. Uh, the Facebook page, rather. Um, so, And one more piece of business yeah. is uh, we are going to be starting a new game show oh, yes. segment uh, coming up very soon uh, where you guys will get a chance to win prizes. And um, we've got a, a great new um, partner with us who's going to be giving out uh, cigars and swag to those who, who win. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. Um, Phil, give all our viewers and listeners, uh, where's the best place to get the latest and greatest info on all your brands? Um, you, you can go to debonairhouse.com, debonaircigars.com, indianmotorcyclecigars.com, debonairphil on Instagram, indiancigarsphil on Instagram. Um, 
just debonair cigars on Instagram. All this, anything debonair cigars, Indian motorcycle cigars. You know, you go to right to my website, or you can go, you can find me on Facebook. Or I'm, I mostly use Instagram. I don't use much Facebook. You know, I do have Phil Bangy on there or whatever. But um, debonair Phil on Instagram, and then Indian cigar Phil on Instagram. And I love Cat. talking to people. I, mean, I always respond and the whole thing. And, yeah. Cat herding Phil on. <laughs> Cat herding. Yeah. Yep. I got eight thousand hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, brother, we had a blast tonight on the it's show. Thank good. you yes. so much for being on with us and you guys are all talking. We had. We I had love a blast. this. I love this stuff, man. Thank you. I love good conversation. It's really, really, really great. Absolutely. You guys it's so fun. Absolutely. We'll have, we'll have you on again and and keep the conversation going. Whenever you want, man. Thank you for the conversation. I'm all for that. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so all our viewers and listeners, as always, if you have any questions, uh, you can send us a message on Facebook. Uh, follow us on social media at HBT Cigar. Send us an email directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thank you, Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you.